This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the big show. On ESPN 100.5 and 105.1, KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, producer Chris, all with you on this Wednesday. And you can join us at 875-KTGR. Brendan, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? What's what's up? How we doing? I mean, I'm I'm doing great. Uh, I don't know how the St. Louis Blues are doing all of a sudden. No, they're not doing good. They're not doing good. Not so good for we them. We are going to talk some St. Louis Blues today. We haven't in the last, I don't know how long. Um, this but is bad. <laughs> there's reason to talk about Blues today, and it's not a great reason. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk. It's the only reason that could have caused us to talk Blues <laughs> in 2023. Not just talk Blues, but lead the show with it. That's we'll talk right. uh, in a few minutes about... The move they made, and uh, we'll talk some Chiefs as well as they get set for the Patriots at 425. Can they get back to normal uh, or whatever we thought the Chiefs would be as far as normal this year? We'll also give our lists of the top five, bottom five NFL quarterbacks. Oh, it's been a while since we've done this, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I knew the name Tommy DeVito the last time we did it. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, I mean, clearly, we know his name five now. now. So, I mean, we're going to we have to update our list. We'll give it at, uh, at 5.05. And all uh, show long, we'll also keep giving you updates from the Commerce Bank one-for-one one holiday food drive. It's been a great day, but we still need your donation. So go and find all the details at KTGR.com. You can also stop by the Columbia Mall or at Buckeye in Jefferson City and make your donation if you have uh, not done so uh, today. 875-KTGR. You can call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at Facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. Yeah, the big news coming late last night after the Blues' 6-4 to loss against the Detroit Red Wings, they fired their head coach, Craig Berube, who had been there for you know, parts of the last six seasons. He became the interim coach in 2018-19, and all he did was lead the team to the Stanley Cup championship that year, and then, of course, became the full-time coach for the next four full seasons. Then here in the, uh, in the fifth full season that he was coaching, he does not finish the years. He is fired last night. Uh, GM Doug Armstrong holding a press conference explaining the decision earlier this morning. The Blues 13-14-1 so far on the season. Good for sixth place in the Central Division. Interim coach will be the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds head coach Drew Bannister. He's elevated to the head role for the Blues. They play tomorrow against the Ottawa Senators. And that's the big show's big deal. On this 13th day of December, 2023, 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us. So I'd say it was out of left field, but that's not really. I mean, it, 
it, when you go through a, a losing streak like the Blues have maybe been going through, losing four straight, and then you start to see things slip away a little bit, you start to see momentum just completely dashed away, you think this is maybe possible. But, Brendan, was Andy. it was it really something that had to happen now is what I wonder. I mean, it was interesting to hear from Doug Armstrong in the press conference today, him talking about, it just being what he saw on the ice, and he would continue to have conversations daily with Craig Berube about the the plan and the approach and the mentality and all the things that the coach wanted to see from his team, and then he would go and watch the games, and Doug Armstrong wasn't seeing that message hitting home. And I think in hockey, maybe more than any other sport, the the notion of you lost the room and that the message isn't hitting home is is probably as important as I mean, you talk basketball, football, baseball. I yeah. think of the four major sports, hockey. That's the one where you, if you feel that way as an organization, you're probably toast. And I guess that's where it had gotten to. But can we hardly be surprised that the Blues are bad this year? No. I mean, we we tried to have our optimistic viewpoint coming into the year and said, ah, maybe they could make you know make the playoffs or whatever the, the case might be. But we kind of we looked at the roster and said. Eh? It's got a ceiling, right? Eh? Like there's a ceiling, and I don't think the ceiling is as high as it goes. Where are they getting the production from? Like right. they look, some of the moves that have been made the past few years have led to this. Whether it's letting key members of that championship team go through free agency or trading guys away, bringing guys in that you then are, you know anchor your team around guys that we like. We like Robert Thomas. We like Jordan Cairo, but. We've talked about kind of wondering whether those guys can truly ascend to the level of being your superstars that can elevate the team. And I think those guys are solid players. They don't have much around those guys, and it almost feels like identity is just lacking with this team as well. Craig Berube, his style, there's no mistake about what he wants a hockey team to do. He wants you to play a heavier game. He wants you to play tough, hard-nosed hockey, and it just feels like the roster that they've put together, I don't know that day one of the season you could have projected this Blues roster to play a Craig Berube style to success. And so I think, sure, when you're playing bad for multiple years in a row like the Blues are, you have to probably do something. But I tend to look more at Doug Armstrong and say, hey, brother, you built this thing. Right. And it the pieces don't really fit together, for especially for the style of coach that Craig Berube, he's no nonsense, Andy. Like, he's not... He's not going to take kindly to the way that the team has been playing, but the fact that he wasn't able to elevate the group and get more out of them, it probably says more about the players, and Doug Armstrong is the guy that put those players there. Right, and you could have kept around the guys that did fit the mold, and ultimately, I don't know what numbers it would have taken to keep those guys, but, but they, honestly, you paid them that type of money exactly. to other players. They've paid players. And, yeah, it's just like they, it, and that's the reason why we talk all about the fact that, oh, it's going to be so hard to rebuild this roster. Well, yeah, because you had the money and you wanted to spend it to somebody. You decided to spend it on guys that you thought could work out, you thought could make up that production, but ultimately... It's it's a lot more than just that when you're trying to build a championship hockey team. Yeah, it just earlier today we were out there at Columbia Mall for the for the holiday food drive. Yeah. I was chatting with Josh Ryan, our guy, huge Blues big hockey blues fan. fan, big time, and he he kind of said the same thing and was just saying like you have these guys like Petro was the one that they let go that that was kind of the first domino to fall. You have these guys that were the identity of what made the Blues great when it was great. And 
you it seemed like at every turn when they could have said, ah, would we be stretching to maybe pay a guy legacy contract? Yeah. You could have done that and probably have been better off than just telling those guys to take a hike and having people come in and replace them for comparable money in many cases. Maybe they saved here and there, but like you lost your identity along the way in doing that. And I feel like there were multiple moves. David Perron was the one that we talked about last year. It's just yeah, it why, no sense. why do it's almost like they kind of got lost in the middle of, hey, we know we need to kind of slightly retool to keep up with the modern game and, and to make sure we don't lose a step. But they just continually had the wrong answers at the time where it was a fork in the road. And it's almost it's kind of interesting. Like I always think about, OK, how does it compare when you're talking about the things that have gone wrong for the St. Louis Cardinals? It's like their fans are saying you signed these guys who are kind of past their prime and you you sign these legacy contracts for like a going back to Matt Carpenter or an Adam Wainwright. And, and, and well, that's maybe a different situation. <laughs> maybe. But that's the point. It's like they go one direction. The Blues almost went out of their way not to bring back the guys that were maybe still capable of playing some pretty good hockey. We've seen good things from Alex Petrangelo after he left St. Louis. Ryan O'Reilly, like they've they've allowed these guys to go and you're left with a group that I just I, I, I just don't think it has the identity that it used to have, and I don't know how firing Baruby fixes it, but I guess it's probably the move you have to make before, from up top, up top, you decide, hey, is Doug Armstrong long for this organization? 875-KTGR, call or text us with what you think. That's the main question, because you do have to make that move, essentially. You know that not everybody's going to stay if you see what's wrong with uh, your team right now, which is the fact that it was built improperly. And look, if the G, if that's GM's fault, then the GM needs to go, and that probably means the coach needs to go too. So, but but the thing is, like, if the GM is still going to be around long enough to make the decision of, all right, who's the next coach for this, uh, however tenure that uh, I'm going to be here for, like, uh, I I'm sure Doug Armstrong wants to keep his job and try to fix this thing, but is he going to find the right guy then all of a sudden to have this group ready to go night in and night out. And that's where I have some some real doubts. Because this just seems like a move that could that could be followed by several down the road. That's yeah, where I think. And at the end of the day, I just if you were looking for a great coach, I think you probably had one. Yeah. But sometimes like again, hockey is the one sport where I do think a change for change's sake might be okay. But I just don't think in the because you always talk about like the post firing bump. Like a team, a hockey team fires their coach, and suddenly they go berserk, and they play probably above their head for a little while. The, I mean, the Blues, Blues when they that. won the yeah. cup, <laughs> they fired Mike Yo and they brought in Craig Berube. That was kind of part of the catalyst for that whole thing. But I think this time you're not going to find that because I don't think you have necessarily the pieces in place on the ice that are going to make that difference. And so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you, you promote the guy from the from Springfield who you know is within the organization. He'll be the interim. We'll see. We don't really know anything about him yet. We'll we'll get an idea as the season yeah. goes. But it's going to be hard to evaluate anybody without an understanding for where you want the roster to go from here. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to think that Drew Bannister will do a pretty good job. I, I'm he knows the players, uh, especially some of the younger ones that maybe get a chance to play in the uh, at the NHL level, being promoted from the AHL. We'll see. I I just think that if he does well, fine. He'll be a He'll be a strong candidate for the job, but you do have to look and see uh, what's going to fit the style of group that I have right now. 
And, and look, if you then have to reevaluate and say, okay, well, <laughs> if it all has to be torn down, then you have to find a coach that's ready to take, uh, probably an experienced coach at that, that's ready to take on what could be a, a fairly long rebuild. Who knows? But I just, I don't see this as the only move because it does not fix your problem. I, I think we can all agree that this is not going to fix the Blues problem. You can think that it's going to be exactly like that Stanley Cup season where you think you had the wrong coach, you go and find somebody else, and they all of a sudden do great. No, I I really can't see that happening because it, there there are too many issues right now with the way that this group was composed to where a, a head coach was was never going to be the difference. I, it's so far down on the list of problems, right? right? I, it wasn't even on the radar. It, it wasn't me. a problem. Yeah. Like, I get it. The, the, because of the style, you may not have a, a locker room at all times that meshes with just the hard-nosed, no-nonsense mentality that Craig Berube brings. And in a sport like hockey in particular, that notion can wear out its welcome at a certain point. But this is a totally different roster than what we saw when Berube was having success. So I don't think it's that this locker room, you know, the message was worn out. I think it's a completely different group of players that the message it, it, it wasn't being received in the same way that the prior group had done. And you can look back to a number of moves and say, the guys that are here, the, you can't necessarily expect that group to adhere to the same message that was successful five years ago. Well, and maybe a leadership void, too, because, again, Absolutely. you're looking like uh, – because you lost the, not only uh, players like Petrangelo and O'Reilly and and Perron that had great skills, but you talk about the veteran presence that those players instilled in the group. And, and look, I'm not saying that Braden Shen's a bad captain, but the change at the captain spot, it can, it can sometimes have an impact, you know, when you – between – leaders and head coaches i just see a bit of a leadership void right now in the team well and think about this aspect of it like it's not to knock Braden shen no but you can say if Braden shen is your fourth most veteran leader that it's a better locker room because yes. of that it, it's not really a problem with him it's well who's behind him picking up the void left by the guys that are now the assistant captains or the guys that are going to be further down in that pecking order you have to you have to buy in hockey is a very unique game in that way where you you have to have this on a consistent basis and if that consistent buy-in from the group is not there you're not really going to be able to have success and we could have seen this coming if we really wanted to be like again when we when we had our little preview of the season we were pretty pessimistic probably yeah. kind of tongue-in-cheek about yeah not looking like it's going to be a great year but when you think about some of the things that happened in the off season, like they tried their hardest to trade Tory Krug and and he didn't want to go <laughs> like they, like the no yeah. trade clauses and the no movement clauses that have sort of put the blues into the spot where even when Armstrong was like, I can fix this. Here's what I'm going to do to fix this. He was tied up by the, the contracts themselves where the players are like, no, I'm I don't want to go to that place. And it's like when those things were happening, that should have been our clue that this was going to be problematic because they sensed that they needed the room to change and they just couldn't pull off enough of the moves that could make that materialize. And now. Here we are with the Blues toward the bottom of the standings, firing a coach that, I mean, you think back to when they won the Cup in 2019, the narrative was, oh, my gosh, this regime, I mean, they're they're set for life in St. Louis. They, right. We won the Cup. We finally did the thing that, you know, long-time, long-suffering Blues fans wondered if it would ever happen. 
and now it's you know not that far removed from that, but it is far when you have to go through this each and every season and not be competitive in the way that I, I think in St. Louis you can be. That that's frustrating to people, and so it's not surprising that moves are being made. I sort of agree with you though. Like I don't think that this is just the fix all that's going to change everything for this team. I think it's it, the problems run a little bit deeper. And do they want to trust Doug Armstrong to be the guy that engineers that next? You probably can't even call it a retool because they're two years into this now where they haven't made the playoffs. And I'm assuming this is going to be a non-playoff year when I say that. I mean. But, and again, recognize that in 2018-19, this is where they were as yeah. well. They were further down in the standings than this even before they, last. they yeah, turned it around. Much. But you look at the names on the roster, and it's like some stuff will have to happen that we've been saying, hey, if this happens, the Blues will be okay, but we haven't seen it from certain guys yet. All those things will have to materialize for this current iteration of the blues to make it happen and i'm just i think we'll see more tear down before the build back up well takes yeah because the patience has run out i think from from the fan base and everything like that to see like look you you keep on you keep on saying like look we can find different ways to you know skirt past the salary cap and try to make things happen but i just i don't see it right now real quick i mean they're they're sixth right now in the central I believe, and I might be wrong, but they're only a point out from a playoff spot. I think is what it is. That's the Coyotes. I think have well, yeah, (laughs) half the teams make it. It's that yeah, you're half as likely to make it as you are to miss it. Do they make it? They sneak in. Like they are only a point back. I'm gonna say that they're not gonna make it, but I also think that because that gap isn't too significant at this point, that might be part of Doug Armstrong's thinking. Where he was asked too, like, "Hey, do you think you fired this coach? Do you think you'll be next? Like, is there a possibility that you're not going to be around yeah. for much longer?" And he said, "That's I can't control that. I can control coming into work and doing the best I can. That's exactly what I'm telling the players. That's a guy that's like, eh, he knows hockey. He knows that historically, hockey teams fire their coach can end up experiencing a bit of a jolt afterward because of it. If that jolt gets the Blues in the playoffs, maybe in the back of Doug Armstrong's mind, it's that maybe buys me another year or the ability to." get to have this retool be something that I take on. you got to recognize he's made the playoffs a ton. Like, if you compare Mosellock for the Cardinals and Armstrong with the Blues, like, they've both had very successful tenures in terms of getting into the postseason for the most part. This is a situation, though, where two years in a row of not making it, if you're Doug Armstrong, how does ownership feel about that? It's kind of the way Cardinals fans are talking about Mosellock, why 2024 is so big. I think the Blues are in that right now, and... Yeah, they're close enough that maybe if they get that new coach jolt, it helps them propel into that A spot in the Western Conference. I'm going to be pessimistic and say they don't get in. But I, I always want to see him in the playoffs, Andy, because even the that eight seed can do something. It, yeah. Stanley Cup playoffs are a unique beast, and even from that bottom of the, the totem pole, you can make something happen. So I would love to see him rally and make it happen. But for right now, I am just – it's just been an ugly stretch. And so, you know, four losses in a row – that is that's what gets a coach fired, even a coach that won you a cup within the last five years. Craig Bruby fired over the night. What do you think of it, Blues fans? Eight seven five KTGR. Was it the right move? And do there need to be more moves made? You think for the Blues uh, to be saved? We'll talk uh, some more about that, and we'll talk some some Chiefs coming up. Our top five, bottom five NFL quarterbacks coming up at five oh five. 
And uh, up next, we'll also get an update from our buddy Cosmo over at the One for One Holiday Food Drive with Commerce Bank. He's over at the Columbia Mall. So we'll hear from uh, Cosmo during this break as well here on The Big Show, KTGR. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Well, Craig Ruby gone from the Blues. What do you think about the move after the Blues have lost four straight? Falling under uh, 500-875-KTGR to call or text us. You know, and thanks, by the way, for bringing my cup back, Andy, because I don't think I could have lost, you know, two entities involved in cups in the same day. We lose ah. Craig Berube, uh, and that was just, you know, he won the Stanley Cup for the St. Louis Blues. And then I almost lost my, my water cup in the Which KTGR fan, but you Stanley Cup. It is actually yeah, Stanley. Yeah, the brand yeah, is, is Stanley. I, I make my joke. I make that joke <laughs> with my good. wife as well because my wife has that same kind of of cup. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you want a Stanley Cup for Christmas? Oh, okay. It's pretty good. I'll get you a little figurine for uh, from uh, from the St. Louis Blues gift shop. Or it's very nice. Like yeah, they, there's no new versions of those coming for the Blues. No, they, you no. just got to rest on the 2019 yeah. version of that. But yeah, I left my left my cup in the KTGR van, so that was. <laughs> I almost lost it. Lost uh, it for good. Yeah. I felt uh, the KTGR uh, one for one holiday food drive with Commerce Bank, of course, uh, continuing all day. And and you can text food by the way to eight seven five KTGR to get a direct donation link. Thanks to Dunkel Distributor. And we've got Cosmo out there now. Cosmo's Boots out there. On the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, helping us out. You go to Y one oh seven Columbia Mall and see Cosmo. I'm in his chair, by the way. He's got wait what? I mean, this chair here. If you take a look at this, oh yeah, Cosmo's chair Y one oh seven. It says on there. <laughs> it does. And it's got like all this. Kind of writing on the back of it too. Yeah, I guess Cosmo's chair gets frequently stolen around these parts. I don't know. But, it, it does uh, find its way into this room fairly often. I, I will decided say that. to steal it somehow. Mm-hmm. It, it is next door. Yeah. to uh, to the Y one hundred seven studio here at uh, Zimmer Communications uh, World Headquarters. But uh, but World hey, headquarters. I mean, yeah, and uh, we'll. we'll We'll hear from Cosmo again, but I hope you at least don't break the chair. That's he'll come for you. For I won't efforts. break the chair. I did. I did say I would bring it back after the show, but uh, yeah, I'm sitting in Cosmo's chair, so yeah. Hopefully, he catches wind of that. I was going to tweet at him, but he's not very active on Twitter. Okay, so I, well, he'll he'll get the message. He'll get the message somehow. Yeah, eight seven five KTGR to uh, again text food to that number, and you'll get a direct donation link. Uh, to donate now. And again, just uh, an hour and a half left in our one-for-one holiday food drive with Commerce Bank, so please give whatever you can. And, and it's so important, the need. Uh, Cosmo was telling you about it. Uh, the need during this time of year can be so uh, extensive for the Food Bank for Central and Northeast Missouri. So uh, give whatever you can. Even a small donation, a $25 donation, makes a huge difference. That means at least 100 meals to those in need. That's the power of the food bank. That They can make your dollars stretch very far. So, again, donate whatever you can. Get all the details at ktgr.com. All right, uh, the Chiefs are trying to get back to normal, I think is what's, uh, what's happening here. Uh, they got another chance to, to talk to the press today. Patrick Mahomes spoke. He was asked about Kadarius Tony and what's the, what's the way that he bounces back from it. And it's like, well, just be you, uh, which I would think, okay, Sure, Kadarius Tony does need to be himself, but lately himself has been lining up four feet yeah, offside. Be, be you like, would be the last thing I like, tell I would that guy. Say, be somebody uh, else. Yeah, be uh, be Devonte Adams. Be somebody like, that uh, look. <laughs> you've been making some plays, but just make sure that you're legal for them. That's all I'm saying. Uh, in the in the sense of being you, but um, you know, I I think that this has to start with getting a little bit healthier. And uh, the Chiefs did not have Isaiah Pacheco at practice again today with the shoulder injury. 
missed out again. Donovan Smith also missed out, starting left tackle. You also had Nick Bolton limited. He played yeah, he'll this, be fine. this weekend. I think he'll be okay. It's just maybe. Coming off the injury, yeah, that's fine. I think getting back to normal would mean getting some of those guys back, like Pacheco and Smith. And, I think Smith. And, and I think you need Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, the run game matters, but not really. <laughs> well, it matters it does, between, but... Be, between Pacheco and, look, I was trying to be optimistic about Clyde Edwards-Alaire this, this past week. And <laughs> 11 for 39. I mean, I know he had a he had a big catch of 20 yards. Which he was, was fine. Which was a good he play. He was not a difference maker. It was exactly fine. what I expected of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, honestly. Uh, to to happen there, three and a half yards per carry. I mean, it. They just can't run the ball. There's a well, no, they can with Pacheco. Like uh, they can do it with him every too. Time, but. but I mean, it's more of a it's more of a consistency issue. I think is what we're talking. Here's about the here. thing, though. You notice know some more when the passing game ain't working. That's it. The, they have to be able to throw the ball because this week you play the Patriots. They're for all the things wrong with the Patriots, so the third best run defense in the NFL this yeah. year, you're not going to be able to run the ball anyway. You need to get the pass catchers and Patrick Mahomes in sync. The wake up call has to have come from what happened last week. Like that needs to be the okay. Let's everybody pay attention to the finer points of the game here and make sure we've got our details all squared away. Don't do anything stupid. Don't be offsides. It's going to be interesting to watch Kadarius Tony line up this week, like just where he stands. You know what I mean? It's not yes. something that anybody yeah. has ever paid attention to, but now we're all going to go. Oh, where's he lining up? He lining up? Is he checking with the official? It's going to be like now. Here's what's going to happen: every time he's on the field, he's in motion. Like you're not yeah. even going to try. The Chiefs are not even going to risk it. Like you said, point. no, just just move a little bit. We, we'll make sure that nobody else is moving. Also, but uh, Tony, when he's on the field, he's the guy that can be in motion. Don't worry about lining up or staying that's stationary. That's going to limit him, though. Like that's yeah, going to limit might. him to a, a lesser role in the offense. I would have to think. So, yeah. I don't know. I, but like I said, I, I just Donovan Smith. I think that's important. I think get, getting your offensive line back together. I would that would be my preference. But more than anything, it is what's the mentality of Mahomes with the wide receivers going to be, and are they going to be able to come up with what they need here? I think yes. Um, the Patriots are going through their own issues, like the reports coming out that Robert Kraft has already decided that Belichick's done after this year. Like I think that's kind of the common assumption at this point. We'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. But like, it's just going to be nice to allow the Chiefs. Like, the calendar is going to play out, and the Chiefs are going to be able to put the weirdness of last Sunday behind them. Because for as much as we did say, yeah, we weren't fond of Mahomes and the way that he handled it in the aftermath, it doesn't have to be made any bigger than that. It's going to be a, a moment in time, and then he's going to be the leader that he had previously been all of his entire career. It's just going to be getting those wide receivers on the same page with him. And I mean, defensively, don't have much problem with what the Chiefs did in that game. I mean, the Bills' offense is a good one. You held them to 20 points. Uh, it's just... It's, it's got to get the passing game going. Got to find and Rasheed Rice is even as we're talking about like all the problems with that wide receiver group. Rasheed Rice is steadily increasing in his prominence. I think he was like eighty two percent routes or something. He was that, a season high in terms of his usage this past week. That's going to continue. They finally are going. All right, we can rely on this guy. We can rely on Travis Kelsey. Can somebody else? Just be regular on the field. Like, just be normal. <laughs> just be normal. Just, just don't do anything stupid, and we like, can probably beat the Patriots. Like, Producer Chris, like, this was what you were kind of uh, positing here was, uh, like, is this going to what, – what would normalcy be for the Chiefs? Like, how do you characterize that uh, this season with the personnel that they have? Like, what is normalcy, do you think? Uh, 
scoring points in the red zone? <laughs> touchdowns, maybe? Scoring more I than mean, 20 points? Touchdowns. What's a toudown? Touchdown. Uh, you're going to have to look that up. They don't teach him any of those somewhere. lately. I don't know if... Uh, if we uh, need to go back and maybe find I did out say what that is. I did say red zone man that was going to be a big part of of what we needed to see from the Chiefs in in that Bills game and I think against the Patriots it's going to be the same way because they do have a good defense like the Patriots are a dumpster fire but it's because they have Bailey Zappi I guess is playing quarterback for them now who knows Mac, Mac Jones is no better who knows so it's that's the main thing is they're not going to score that many points I think the Chiefs defense will have a great game offensively it would be nice to see. The Chiefs score, you know, 24, 27 points and and, and just kind of get back to, because I think you got to be in that range most of the time to feel good about your chances, even with a good defense. It's not going to be sustainable to go, yeah, the Chiefs can win those 20 to 17 games. Like, they can. So you'll be able to sometimes. I want to know going into the playoffs that they can score, you know, 24-plus points each of the next four games. I don't think that's too much to ask. No, definitely not of this offense. Definitely not of this quarterback. And with... All of the, all the changes that they had uh, at uh, at the offensive coordinator spot, you knew that uh, you needed needed to replace that position, and you just decided to go in house with Matt Nagy. I don't think he should be uh, immune to blame in this situation either. But I mean, it's just it, the the whole thing has to be worked out from from the top down. Like uh, again, little things have plagued this team from being eleven and two right now. And so, and we wouldn't even be having this discussion. We'd be thinking like, oh, there's no reason to think that they're not normal right no, now. No, what would be happening? Is- what would be happening is I would be sitting here saying I'm still concerned about all these little things, and you would be like, oh, you're overreacting. They're 11 and right, two. Right, exactly. Like, they're 11 the, and two. That's the conversation that <laughs> yeah. we'd be having right now. Those are the roles here on the big show. <laughs> that's all. No, they didn't look great against. Uh, they could have played better against the Lions, but all they had to do was catch one pass and they win. But like that's <laughs> it's happening enough times right. where like I feel vindicated almost with some of the early season well, concerns that I had. But I don't it's know. The margin of error is it's so, so much short. Of course like, it is. It's but just it, and all of a sudden, but but that's also the difference with like it, you could maybe compare it to Mizzou, like Mizzou this year did more of the little 100%. things right. To right now it. it Make those one score games in their favor. They they flip a, a couple here, yeah. a couple there. We talked all year about how they could have been eight and four or nine and three based off of how games went. And this year they actually did that. Yeah, this year's Chiefs team is having the the close game weirdness go against them the way that last year's Mizzou team did. Yes. And this year's Mizzou team kind of took matters into their own hands in those spots and made it happen for themselves. Right. I mean they they got the fourth and seventeen and they said. Look, backs against the wall. We're going to have to let's go, Luther. It's your time. Backs against the wall. We're going to kick a sixty whatever yard field goal. Sixty one. Like, yeah. I, I, I had to say whatever because I didn't offhand know it, and if I would have said the wrong 61. number, sixty one point seven, according to uh, because to Tom if Wheelahan. I had accidentally said sixty two, Tom Wheelahan would have called back yeah, in yeah, he and yeah. said, "Actually, I'm still the record holder, so <laughs> calm yourself." Yeah. So I had that's why I went that route. But you know what I'm saying. For the Chiefs this year, it seems like a number of those are going against them, but it is kind of interesting how self-inflicted it is. I could make the excuse for Mizzou last year, like, dude, the refs got it wrong. Roughing the punter, are you joking? Yeah. Like, what a dumb call. Like, you can make some of those cases, whereas this year I could point to almost everything and say, I'm not blaming the refs on Sunday for Kadarius Tony. I'm blaming Kadarius Tony. I'm blaming Marquez Valdez-Scantling for the drop. I'll maybe blame the refs for the no DPI against the Packers, but that... You may not have won that game anyway. Like, 
didn't play well. Didn't, didn't play, play well, well. Off the, enough play. to win the game. Defensively, right? yeah. that day didn't play well. No. So for the Chiefs, it's just like putting it together, and then it's not like Patrick Mahomes has lost the ability to in crunch time. Like from his perspective, he made the play. He threw a bomb to Kelsey. Kelsey lateraled it to Tony, and they scored a touchdown. So it's not. There's no question to me. And I, I've been saying this about Kelsey too. I don't think Kelsey has lost even a step. Maybe that's controversial to say. I look at everything happening around Kelsey, and that's why his numbers aren't as good. I uh, yeah, I don't think it's physical. He was him. bullying dudes. Like he's it's still not. It's not a physical people. thing with him. I will say that it is maybe a mental thing, uh, and not necessarily mental just with him, but just between him and Mahomes. Okay, we're talking about one mind here that those two guys have had for so many years, and I think things have been disjointed. Like, I've seen several plays this year. Where they're not on the same page. Where, like, Kelsey sits in a zone. He knows Mahomes is supposed to know exactly where he's going to be in a a pinch if he needs to get rid of the ball, knows where Kelsey is, and he almost threw picks on several of those plays. Like, it's just, it's not. I'm telling you. Yeah. They don't have Eric Bieniemy there to be the rusty nail in the room. I don't <laughs> care if he yeah. can get along with everybody. That's sure. fine. Yeah. Like that's almost a benefit in terms of just having everybody kind of be on their p's and q's in a way that I mean, I don't care if they rallied around the fact that they didn't like Eric Bieniemy. You know what I'm saying? But at least they had that like common thing. Now you you mentioned like the buddy buddy with Matt Nagy. Like I think that might be an aspect more than anything else. Is you know some of the elements of not being on the same page. It's almost like yeah, they're kind of taking for granted what it. What it is, but and then you don't hold yourself accountable exactly, for the mistakes that exactly you make, right. and, and then things because there's are nobody out of there holding you accountable. Right. Yeah, which is what goes back to like you called out Andy Reid in the aftermath of Sunday. Yeah, like you and can't, I think that's right. Like there's a buddy buddy aspect of being a head coach. Like you have to mend mend these relationships, maintain them over the course of a season, but you also have to know when to lay into guys. And look. Uh, Reed's been known as a player's coach, and that's great, and it's worked for him. He's or been have like, the guys well, under you that'll lay into guys. Right, exactly. If it's not going to yeah. be you, you have to have that a coaching staff that'll do staff it for that'll you. do it yes. for you. And I, I'm wondering if maybe they, they don't have that same dynamic. I'll liken it back to the Blues conversation. Like, it's not maybe anything wrong with Braden Shen. Maybe it's nothing wrong with Matt Nagy specifically. But it's like when you when you look at the picture in its totality, you don't have the same dynamic that you did previously, and that could be affecting things too. Yeah, and we'll see if the, the Chiefs get back on track this week. Gosh, you would they're hope so. They're going to. I promise um, you they're going I, it, to. It could be 6 nothing. I don't know. The, the, the Patriots have had that final score before this year. 7 nothing. They'll score uh, seven, a touchdown. Okay, we're right, going to see a touchdown this touchdown week. Touchdown, and, and that's it. You get nothing more. Uh, 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us, can the Chiefs... To nine. Be normal. Fifteen to nine would be that would not excellent. Be, that is, would that not be normal. is that scoregami? Is that scoregami? I, I want to see if it's actually scoregami. That's that's enough field goals. It's probably common yeah, enough maybe. that it's not. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But uh, I that would not be normal though. If that's no. the score, there would be nothing normal. We'd be having a weird conversation on Monday. Gosh, now now I'm curious if it's scoregami or not. I'm just gonna you're obsessed. Uh, look out! It, it's it's not gonna take that long to to actually. He's already got up, the website so up. This is there. crazy. All you had to do is just Google scoregami and know exactly what you're talking about. Fifteen to nine has happened. Four times. Oh, man. Most recently, last year. Who was it? Lions-Packers, 15-9. Oh, Nothing normal about those two teams uh, getting together. That's very true. 
uh, and then there was one back in 78, which was the first one. Ah, yes, back in 78. And the uh, the Steelers were playing in that game. I also expect that. I believe that, that. yeah. Uh, So 15-9, that's uh, Chris's predicted final score for Sunday. We got it early from him this week. I know, yeah. It's it's like pulling teeth to get it out And you better believe we're going to hold him to it on Friday. (laughs) No, there's no changing, buddy. Are we going to remember this? I hope we remember it. I hope we do. I'm actually looking forward to over-unders, though, with this game in particular because it's got the potential to just be disgustingly weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with where the Patriots are, with everything going on with the Chiefs. Um, what did we say? Double digit favorites right now are the Chiefs. So I think that's probably fair. I mean, should be. That, that, that would be normal. Like, that's a normal uh, against the last Chiefs place team, team in the league. Yeah. Against a bottom feeder that can't score. Absolutely. I believe that. Will the Chiefs be normal, though? Right. That's the question. Because they've, I mean, it's been a while since they've had that consistent you just know they're going to blow people away even the Raiders game where they covered the spread and they won by 14 a couple weeks ago that was it didn't feel like that game early they they kind of came into that later on as as things went along so we'll see they haven't they haven't been blowing teams out the last month or so outside of that game 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us Uh, we've got a live local sports center coming up and then uh, under the bus guess who did it again in the NBA. Brendan's guy. <laughs> Brendan's not guy. Not my guy. Not my guy. Brendan's guy did it again. That's next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We're going under the bus in a bit. Also got the sweetest thing in sports. And then we'll go through our top five, bottom five NFL quarterbacks at 505. We're just trying to determine how to do this. There's hot debate. There's hot like, debate on this topic. Like Because quarterbacks have been... Dropping left and right in the league. They're all hurt. They're all hurt. Half of the teams are having to go with backups right now for whatever reason. And it's it's almost hard to judge. Like, do you still make Joe Burrow a top five NFL quarterback right now? I don't know. Do I, mean, I don't know. Like, it's, how do we do this? I... I suppose we'll figure it out along the way. Yeah, I think we're just so going to fight about it. You're going to find like, out at 505 how we do it. I'm not going to put Easton Stick in my bottom five because I. <laughs> it's not even fair. Right, He's, yeah. you know, so, but if Easton Stick plays on Sunday, or what they play on Thursday, actually, is tomorrow. So let's pretend we were doing this segment on Friday. And Easton Stick tomorrow with those five interceptions. He's he's on my bottom he, five. He's like, your worst quarterback. Just, right. it's, I'm basing it off of vibes and what I feel like doing. So we'll okay. we'll see what I come well, up very, with. Very good. Well, we'll get to that coming up at uh, five oh five. And again, uh, telling you all day long about the Commerce Bank One for One Holiday Food Drive winding down to the end out there until six o'clock. So again, make your donations at ktgr.com. You can also text food to eight seven five ktgr to get a donation link. Thanks to Dunkel Distributing or call the Missouri Pork Association phone bank at five seven three four four seven sixty six hundred. Again, anything you can give makes a big difference. So please do so uh, coming up here in the next hour or so. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Guess what? Draymond Green was at the center of a dirty NBA play. Yeah. Um, This time he clocked Yusef Nurkic in in an NBA game deep in the corner, uh, like near the three-point line, and he was trying to, he got thrown out, obviously. He was trying to sell after the game, like saying in the press conference, like, oh, I was, I was trying to sell a call. But no, sorry, flapping your arms in a very rapid spiral manner 
right toward an opponent and clocking him in the side of the face. It's not selling a call. Upon like, first glance, I thought it was more of like a spinning back does, fist, but when I went over the tape again, it was probably more like a layer. Does Draymond Green, like Green really think we're this stupid lariat. that we think we would buy that excuse? Come on. It was, uh, yeah, he kind of slaps him in the head, it almost looks like, or yeah. like the side of the neck. Right. I don't know. Be Even, again, even if you wanted to see his side of it, be in better control of your body. Nah, dude. Like, look, I when it happened last year, it was, to me, a, a unique circumstance. But sure. we're seeing what we're seeing from him. And, I, yeah, he's not my guy. Like, again, like, it's it's becoming a player safety he's a, issue. He's a clown, point. dude. And, he's such a clown. And, look, if the NBA knew what it was doing, if Adam Silver knew what he was doing about this, what did he get for the headlock on on Rudy Gobert. It's like five what, games. Five right? games? I think he's getting that again at least, uh, right? This needs to be a minimum of ten. Uh, send a message. Tell him it's not okay because you told them this whole time along that it's okay with the punishments that he has gotten for plays like this. And now you just have to say, stop. Do they get suspended without pay or with pay? I think so. I, think I don't know which rate was suspended without pay. It, it might depend on pay. what uh, on what happens, uh, it's like whether it's on field like or contract. off the field. I know that's in the NFL at least. Yeah, when, when it happens there, but I don't know. Either way, send a message. Like the NBA has a chance to do that with Draymond Green. I don't know if they've decided the suspension yet. Minimum ten games. That's what I would do. Under the bus, and also under the bus to Nikola Jokic. Now this was a guy that I don't think deserved to be thrown out of the game. Last night in uh, in Chicago, I believe. Yep. And it was apparently Serbian Heritage Night. Yeah. So even more special for, for Serbian for population fans there in to Chicago. See Nikola Jokic uh, on the on the floor they in Chicago. When he got ejected. <laughs> like yeah, he he mouthed off at the official because he thought he should have gotten a foul call after he missed the layup. He mouthed off at the official. We don't know what he said, obviously. But he gets two technical fouls for it, gets ejected, and the broadcasters right away, the other team's broadcast, the Bulls broadcast team, was saying, oh, come on. Are we seriously doing this? You can make the case that half the arena was there to specifically see him. To see him. Yes. Not only because he's one of the best players in the NBA, but because of the Serbian population in Chicago and that it was a... Uh, a spe- yeah. it, it, by the way, it was probably Serbian Heritage Night because Jokic was playing there, yeah, yes, right? Like yeah. it's because he's coming to an area where there's a lot of folks from that country that are going to be excited to get to see him play the one time he's there all year, and that's what you do as the official referees, man. We, 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 we sure love them. The referees thought all those people were there to see them. Nope. Under the bus. Not the case. And also under the bus to Amit Patel. This is the former Jags employee who uh, was accused of defrauding the team. What a hero. Of $22 million? <laughs> this guy's my hero, oh, man. come on. Uh, he was fired, obviously, but apparently we're why? learning more about this guy. Uh, uh, well, he defrauded the company of $22 million. That's why. But he also uh-huh. was um, apparently a big-time daily fantasy sports player. you got to love him, man. <laughs> Look, His man. heart was in the right place. He had massive losses in that industry as <laughs> well. well. He, he did, he, he <laughs> didn't know what hitting. he was doing, but his, he sure his, loved it. He went underneath the name Parlay Picker. So I, I mean, did. Oh. just... <laughs> I need to see them. Can I we like pull that? Is that like confidential? Can we like see the parlays? Yeah, that's, I need to. That's the information that we want. That most people are like, ah, whatever. No, we need to see what this guy was actually picking on these parlays and how he ended. All right, up. I'm going win totals over for the Royals, the Athletics, <laughs> the Nationals. 
I'm putting I'm putting 50 bands on it, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure making a, it big. Let's go. I'm sure he's big into baseball DFS. That's probably what it was. <laughs> That's exactly what employee. it was. No, yeah, I I agree with that. Under the bus. You never know. Everybody it might have different been. strokes for different folks. Points yeah. and rebounds for Taj Gibson. That's more like it. Well, that was what we were looking for in the in the Nikola Jokic games, but I beg to differ. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports. On the big show. Taj Gibson is not on the Bulls, by the way. I don't believe he he's on the Knicks right now. He's on the Knicks. That's a, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's under the under the bus. That's, the sweetest thing in sports there you of go. all things. That's special. Uh, sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. This holiday season, go and buy some treats for your coworkers by getting them some tasty treats at the, at the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. What's really sweet is your generosity during our Commerce Bank. One for one holiday food drive. Again, we're about to enter the final hour of the drive, so that's how much uh, you've got left to uh, make your difference uh, during this great event. But uh, again, anything you can give makes a difference. $25 means 100 meals for people who don't know where that next meal is coming from. And again, around the holidays, what better way to try and uh, help our community grow than to make sure nobody goes hungry? So, uh, Great to be able to to be part of this event again every single year. It's a success, and I can't wait to hear the final number coming up because I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, that'll be later on in the yeah. show. Uh, really appreciate everybody who who stopped by Columbia Mall already. You still got some time to do so, and uh, this is an awesome event, the seventeenth annual. So yeah. we're in year seventeen of doing this, and uh, Mid Missouri has has always done a great job of making a difference. That final push is here, so. Head on out to Columbia Mall or you, lots of other ways to donate. Go to yeah. KTGR.com and it'll set you up. Yeah, you, you can even go to KTGR.com right now. And if you're a Venmo person, yeah, Venmo. Uh, yeah you can uh, just scan a QR code on our yeah. website. Venmo there it makes it really easy. And so uh, go and check that out. So uh, plenty of ways that you can donate. We hope to count on your donation if you have not made it yet uh, during this uh, last hour of our Commerce Bank one-for-one holiday food drive. And in the meantime, we'll bicker about... NFL quarterbacks, Brendan and I will give our top five, bottom five QBs in the league, and uh, we'll see what rules we make up to create the bottom five and the top five and the like. That's next here on The Big Show, KTGR, and Cosmo is up next with an update.